Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Hebrews chapter 4. I want to talk to you this morning about believers' rights and responsibility, which is prayer. Every believer has a right to pray, but even more than that, we have a responsibility to pray. Prayer is our door of access. Prayer is our window of opportunity. Prayer is our constant ability to seek God's face in behalf of ourselves, our family, our loved ones, our churches, and even our nation and our world. Jesus repeatedly encouraged and entreated his disciples, and you and I by, this, by extension, to pray, to seek God's face, to ask God to intervene in the lives and in the affairs of men and women at his day and time. And in this day and in this time, now more than ever, we as believers need to understand the power, the purpose, the right, and the responsibility that is given to us through the avenue of prayer. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, reads this way, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, add your anointing, your blessing, your inspiration, your conviction to the preaching of your word this morning. Touch hearts, touch lives, not only in this room, but literally across the nation and around the world. Speak to our individuals who call all nations their home and challenge each of us to assume a new posture in prayer so that we can see you move in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name. You know, I was thinking about this message this past week. I recognized that many times we as human beings only turn to prayer when we're at a point of crisis, when we're at a point where we don't have an answer and we can't find an answer, when we've exhausted every remedy known to mankind, then we turn to prayer and to God. Sometimes crises occur in our lives so that we will have that turning point, so that we will have an opportunity to recognize, I really can't handle this on my own. I do need some divine help and intervention. And when we come to that point and we make that turning point happen in our lives, then we begin to see that decisive change occurs when we call on God. Turning points are placed in our life. So that we come to a point where we understand God really can intervene and bring beneficial results to you and I when we call on Him. Now, I believe, as Jonathan Kahn just stated, we are at a turning point in our nation, in our culture. A critical time, actually, for mankind as a whole. A time when this nation will either turn towards God or run further away from God. Many have prophesied that there will be a great last day revival sweeping across the world. And I pray that's true. But I'm certain that will not occur without first the people of God, you and I. Those of us sitting in this room, those of us watching online, those of us who call the church our family. 
It will not occur until you and I assume a posture of repentance and ask the Lord to do a new work in you and me. Until we abandon the philosophies of our culture and we embrace again the truth of God's living word and repent, we will not see that great last day revival. Revival only occurs when believers pick up the mantle of repentance and then prayer. When we begin walking, not in the natural, but in the supernatural. I think you and I recognize that for far too long, we have seen what man can do. We're evidenced what man can do. It's all around us what man can do. But will you not agree with me this morning that it's not enough, it's not sufficient, it is not complete. Only God can bring miracles and change hearts and change lives. Man can educate, man can clean up and dress up, man can put us in rehab centers and change our behaviors, but man cannot change hearts. Only God can do that. We need to understand when we begin to pray, we're inviting the supernatural to work with the natural to bring about a miracle that can only be attributed to God Almighty. When we begin to pray, we're asking God to open the windows of heaven to do what God does in the lives of men and women. When we begin to pray, we're asking the Lord to come and actually intervene, position himself in our lives between the problem and the circumstance and us. And when we see him do that, mighty things always occur. When you and I as believers choose to pray, because really, folks, it is our right to pray. It's given to us, as the writer of Hebrews said, we have the right to boldly approach the throne of grace so we can find help in times of need. We have the right to boldly approach God through his son, Jesus Christ, because of Calvary. We have the right to call on his name and believe that he will hear and answer us and show us great and mighty things that we have never known. We have the right to call upon the Lord through Jesus Christ and believe he will hear and answer. But not only do we have that right, folks, we have a responsibility. That responsibility means we don't just talk about prayer. We just don't preach about prayer. We just don't study about prayer. We just don't read books about prayer. But we actually take time from our lives on a regular basis to seek the throne of God. My folks, if the, friends, if the only time you pray is when you come to a church on Sunday or you join an online worship service, you are missing out on the blessings and the benefits and the marvel and the wonder and the miraculous of the kingdom of God. Because when you humble yourselves and you begin to pray, God comes into your life. Mighty things occur, not just to you, but it flows over to those around you as well. I was having a discussion with someone recently, and they were talking about the fact that it seemed like people were agitated with them. Listen, folks, when you pray, when the Spirit of God resides in you, the Holy Spirit that's in you will agitate the demon that's in them, and they won't like that. They won't appreciate that. But that doesn't mean you stop living in the realm and the power of the Holy Spirit. It means you continue because your light is shining brightly into a darkened world. When you pray, it not only affects you, it affects those around you. It overflows from you. 
and touches their hearts and touches their lives as well. When you pray, it gives an opportunity for the supernatural to connect in the natural and men and women to be changed by the power of a living God. But it only occurs when we begin to pray. Yesterday, I sent an email to the church. I wanted to take a moment and just read it because I'm sure there's some of you who right now are ignoring my emails and I'm a little offended by that to be honest with you. I put time and effort into those things so you need to be reading them. I told Yvonne the other day, one day I'm going to put them all together. We're going to publish a devotional book and then you can read it every single day. How about that? Said the greatest right and responsibility given to a believer in Jesus Christ is prayer. Prayer is ready, open, continuous access to the ear of God. Prayer gives the supernatural a chance to work in the natural. Prayer moves us from our problems to the problem solver. Prayer enables us to pour our hearts out to a heavenly Father who loves us and listens to us. Prayer brings strength, resolve, determination, faithfulness to our lives while it connects our hearts to God's heart. We live in a day when believers must pray. Nothing else will alter the course of our lives and mankind as prayer can. Unfortunately for many in the church, prayer has become a last resort. When confronted with the issues of culture, we choose man's cure. We choose politics, protests, boycotts, marches, meetings, committees, seminars, and the list goes on. When in reality, believers are called to pray. Jesus said we're to pray for our enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Pray for those who hate you. Paul said that we should pray about everything without ceasing. Are we praying or are we resorting to man's tactics and solutions? Only Jesus can remake a human heart. Only Jesus can heal deep wounds. Only Jesus can help us to forgive those who've abused us. Only Jesus can bring permanent change to our lives. And that all happens when we pray. So I've come this morning to challenge you to pray. And when we come to pray, when we come to turn to God... We have to do so with a pure heart and clean hands. The scripture makes that very clear. We can't come to God and ask for his intercession, ask for his help in our lives when our hearts are full of hatred, bitterness, anger, envy, violence. Don't expect to be heard by the living God when that's the position and the attitude and the place where your heart resides. We need to understand that God listens to a humbled heart. A repentant heart. One who recognizes and acknowledges that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the only remedy for our condition is Jesus Christ and forgiveness through Him. We can't pray with a contaminated heart, soul, and mind and expect to be heard by a living God who's holy and pure and righteous and just. When He's already made a way for us to be holy and pure and righteous and just as well. And that's through His Son, Jesus Christ, and by believing on Him and allowing Him to rule and reign in our lives. You know, the problems with the current protests, the things that are going on in our nation today, is they're based in anger and hatred and violence and bitterness. Can I tell you, church, this morning, liberty, freedom, only comes through forgiveness. Until we learn to forgive one another, we will never live in liberty. Until we're allowed, willing to allow the things of yesterday to be gone, dead, buried, forgiven, forgotten, 
we will never be the people God has called us to be. Has the church made the mistakes through the ages? Oh, without a doubt, we have. Should we repent of some of those mistakes? Without a doubt, we should. And we should recognize, acknowledge, and understand that when we do, it opens a door for God to bring healing and restoration and renewal, not just in a church that is classed by gender or race, but across the board in everybody that calls Jesus Christ their King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes, we are living under the judgment of God. And yes, it is time for the church of Jesus Christ to begin to pray and to believe that God is the answer for this day and for this time. At one time or another, every person listening to me, those who are here today, those who are watching the future, every person has came to a turning point in their lives. One thing may drive you there, another may drive me there. Maybe it's sickness, maybe it's disappointment, maybe it's financial loss, maybe it's the loss of a family member, maybe it's a divorce, maybe it's a feeling that God has disappointed you, let you down, dropped the ball. Whatever it is, you came to a turning point. And you and I at that turning point made a decision. And the decision was either I'm going to turn towards God and trust Him to see me through this most difficult time. I'm going to believe that God is faithful and that His word is yet true. I'm going to believe that God speaks truth and every man is a liar. And we turn towards him and we receive his help and his hope and his healing in that time. Or at that turning point, we turn the opposite direction. And we say it didn't work. It's not real. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't, isn't concerned for me. If this stuff were true, this wouldn't have happened to me. And then we blame God, God's people, the church, for every bad thing that ever occurred in our lives. Folks, are you not smart enough to realize there's a very real enemy out there? His goal, his aim is your spiritual complete destruction. The devil desires to completely alienate you from God, whether it be lies, whether it be through difficult circumstances, whether it be through family disappointments, it really doesn't matter. His only goal is to alienate you, separate you, cut you off from the living God, because he knows if he does that, he's got you for all of eternity. And your fate is then the same as his. But if you'll turn towards God at that moment in your life, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll repent of your sins, and if you'll ask God to come into your life and to help you, He will. I say that because I've experienced it personally. I know for a fact that God does not leave us in our mess, but He is a God who is able to take the worst mess that we've made of our life and turn it around until we became a shining testimony, a flaming, shouting message to the grace, to the glory, to the goodness of God. Oh, don't count yourself out because of your failures. Don't count yourself out because of your mistakes. Don't think that God has no more room for you or no more grace for you. Paul said, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. There's hope for everyone today. If we choose to turn to the Lord, if we choose to repent, if we choose to begin to pray and allow God to do a good thing in our hearts and in our lives. We understand that in our text this morning, verse 15, the writer says that in times of trouble, when you need help, when you don't have an answer, when you don't know which way to turn, when you're troubled, when you're confused, when you're shrouded in darkness, when you can't see a way, 
then the good news is in those times, we have a Savior whose name is Jesus Christ, who has moved with compassion towards us. I love that word compassion, because compassion doesn't mean He just has pity on us. Compassion doesn't mean He feels sorry for us. Compassion doesn't mean that he's watching from a distance, wondering how we're going to get out, and maybe at the last minute he'll rush in to our aid and to our rescue. No, compassion means he feels what we feel. Compassion means he is immediately moved to action in our behalf. We have a high priest who is waiting to move to action in our behalf, to spring to our defense, to come to our rescue, to spring the trap that has been set for us, and give us life and to give us hope. Oh, come on, folks, recognize Jesus is not distant. He's not distracted. He's not uh, estranged from you, but really is right there with you right now. The writer of Revelation said, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. What was he saying? Jesus was saying, all I'm waiting for is an invitation. All I'm waiting for is you to say, please help me. All I'm waiting for is a moment, an opportunity to insert myself, my power, my presence, my peace, my goodness, my mercy, my faithfulness directly into your life so that your life can be changed. That's what he's waiting for. We have a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, who is moved with compassion for you and I. And he made this declaration and this promise in verse 16. Therefore, let us boldly approach the throne of grace. He didn't say come timidly. He didn't say come on your knees crawling. He didn't say come begging or pleading. He said come boldly to the throne of grace. I remember years ago I was building a church in, in, the, in the state of uh, Oaxaca, Mexico. And there was a shrine about five miles from where we were building this church. And there were people who every year would make a pilgrimage to that little town, that village, and then crawl the last five miles through broken gravel and dirt and glass and whatever happened to be on the roadside, on their knees to that shrine, hoping and believing that their sacrifice, crawling on their knees, being bloodied and scraped and bruised and broken, would somehow get God's attention and cause Him to move in their behalf. Folks, I've got news for you today. You don't have to come to Jesus in that way. He already suffered for you. He already bore the price for you. He already was bruised and bloodied and broken so that you didn't have to be. All you have to do is come to him. And the writer of our text says, come boldly to the throne of grace. I don't know about you, but there are days in my life when I need to be reminded that God has compassion on me and he's given me an invitation, an open door to come boldly into his presence. Because when I do, there I'm going to find help. There I'm going to find mercy. There I'm going to find grace. And he gives me the opportunity to call on his name through prayer. I challenge you this morning, regardless of where you're at, what you're facing, the struggle that's in your life, will you turn to Him? Will you call on Him? Will you ask Him to do something that's great and mighty in your life? Will you allow the King of kings and the Lord of lords to bring complete and total change, to revolutionize your life once and for all? Bow your heads with me this morning, please. For we have not a high priest 
who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was, all, was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us boldly approach the throne of grace, that we might find, obtain mercy and find grace in our times of need. Father, across this room, across the nation, around the world, everyone hearing the sound of my voice, let the deep convicting power of your Holy Spirit fall on us. Believers and unbelievers alike. Holy Spirit, convict us of our lack of prayer. Convict us towards our attitudes towards prayer. Convict us for not calling upon you, for not accessing our right and our responsibility to call on the name of Jesus Christ. Convict us today. And let that conviction become the catalyst for change. As we recognize our need and turn towards you. As we come to you boldly. Boldly. To receive the mercy and the grace we so desperately need. I pray it in Jesus' name. Stand with me across this room. Stand with me in your living room. If you're driving down the road, you're listening to Wave 94, pull over to the side right now. You've got five minutes you can give to God. Let's let Him speak to us. Let's let Him change us. Let's let Him alter who we are to become who He wants us to be. Invitation is very simple. If you're in this room this morning and God is convicting you, whatever, I'm not the Holy Spirit, it's not my job to know your life and your issues. It's His. But you feel His presence deep inside of you. And He's drawing you. He's convicting you. He's challenging you to let Jesus change you. You're at a turning point. You can turn and walk out and remain unchanged. Or you can turn to God and let Him completely and totally revolutionize your life. I already prayed for you early this morning. And I said, God, you know who's going to be in the service. You know who will be watching. Send Holy Spirit now to bring conviction and transformation. So I just talked about you. That's you. I just read your mail. If you're standing here in this sanctuary, I want you to step out and come and find a place in this altar. And I want you to kneel in humility and in repentance. Right now, would you begin to come? God's talking to you. Step out and come. Don't wait for someone else. This is about you and me. Don't wait for anyone else. Just step out and come. Join this gentleman that's responding. In your living room right now, would you just kneel? Just say, God, forgive me. God, change my life. God, make me the man or the woman you want me to be. You pull over to the side of the road in your car, pray that same prayer. And God not only change me, but God make me passionate about prayer today. Give me a desire to call on your name and to seek your face and to intercede for my family, for those around me. We're at a turning point. Today's the day of decision. This is your opportunity. Do we turn to God or do we turn away from Him? 
Those are the only two choices. There are no other. Either we turn towards Him or we turn away from Him. This altar is open. I encourage you to come. Believers, I encourage you to come and kneel before the Lord and pray a prayer of heartfelt repentance for our nation and ask God to truly intervene in our culture and in our society. Because if we don't turn to God, it's not going to get any better, folks. It's going to, going to continue to decline. Would you come and would you pray this morning? And let's ask God to make a difference in hearts and in lives. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.